listener-supported KFUO, kfuo.org. You can find our talk programs and our talk segments like this one wherever you get your podcast. Just search out KFUO Radio. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program, and it's time now for our moment for the family with Dr. Mary Mann Simon. Hi, Mary. Hi, Gary. You know, Mary, with schools opening soon, I could have predicted separation anxiety would be a topic for one of our conversations. Yes, whenever young children especially face a developmental challenge, separation anxiety can crop up. And that's uh, with very young children, too, right? Right. Separation anxiety begins early, about seven or eight months, when a baby realizes that people go away. They aren't sure those people will return. An infant gradually learns what's called object permanence. I'm guessing that means a baby understands that if someone goes away, it doesn't mean that they'll be gone forever. They still exist. Yes. For example, if you hide a toy under a blanket, the toy doesn't permanently disappear. Or if moms drop you off at church at the nursery there, she'll return. Correct. Even though infants start learning object permanence, separation anxiety peaks at about 18 months. But Gary, earlier this week, the mother of a college student told me she thought her daughter was going through separation anxiety. The girl is starting college, but having trouble sleeping, and she's cranky and irritable. Sounds like a college-level version of separation anxiety to me. It is. As a mom, the most frustrating thing for me was when you think a child has finally moved beyond the tears and the fussiness. Then the separation anxiety pops up again. It's not one and done, though. No, unfortunately. For example, this summer, kids who stayed overnight at a camp or slept at grandma's for the first time might have faced similar issues. Soon we'll be seeing news media showing tearful kindergartners and preschoolers on their first day of school. Do you have a list of ideas that would help with this separation anxiety? Absolutely. Start with a preview visit. Walk through the physical space before dropping a child at a new place. Let your child take a stuffed animal to see the space. That projection can shift the emotion away from the child onto the transitional object. Anything else? Create a goodbye ritual. Routines give a child security. So maybe use a high five or a special wave or a special handshake. Right. Also, arrange in advance for your child, especially a young child, to walk into a new space holding the hand of a friend. That physical presence is one of the most important elements. I know we won't only see emotional kids on the first day of school. (laughs) You're right. And that's an important point. Children take their clues from us. They watch how we respond to situations. Even more than that, children read emotions. Kids read body language. They see if our shoulders are slumped or if we're standing straight and tall, ready to face the new challenge. When a parent hesitates, a child feels insecure. A child often borrows the parent's emotion. Parents are pretty good at helping their kids cope, but where do parents turn? They depend on their network. Moms especially have extremely well-connected digital networks. If they're feeling weepy, within moments of posting, they'll have friends chime in with suggestions and ideas. 
And now this head start should give our listeners a new beginning for the new school year. Thanks so much, Mary, for this information. Thank you, Gary. We are listener-supported KFUO. You can find us at kfuo.org.